episode 378, Marvel's Ultimate Comics. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Strangers and aliens. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben, Ben Avery. I am one of three people who are going to be walking down a path of discovery. Walking through a topic of timeliness. We're going to be talking about some comic book stuff. But the other two people who are with me, they are Evan and they are Steve. Gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you. Hey, how are you guys doing? So, yeah, here we are. Ready to talk about Ultimate Comics. And Evan, why are we talking about Marvel's Ultimate Comics? Because I like Marvel's Ultimate Comics. <laughs> and uh, I was listening to some old episodes of our podcast, and we brought up... Or no, I think it was Steve who brought up that he had accidentally read um, a Fantastic Four Ultimate Comic and did not like it because it was not... Uh, you know, the normal Fantastic Four. And so that got me thinking, hey, let's let's talk about it. And it'd be fun to, you know, reminisce about this series, maybe uh, interest some people who've never heard of it, never read it. Um, it's fun to look at all the different, the you know, the differences between this and the mainline Marvel Universe and stuff like that. So, and plus, uh, the MCU, at least initially, pulled a ton of their ideas and inspiration, not from classic marvel but from ultimate marvel so i think it'd be you know a cool cool to dive into that too yeah yeah and the other thing is i mean the big thing with marvel right now is is multiverses mm. and this started out where it was self-contained and it was his own thing but then it kind of dovetailed into the regular marvel universe and, yeah and now it's done right like the ultimate universe as a universe they they've shattered yes. it and it's closed right it is dead. It was not it's so not, ultimate. It's, it's not just shuttered. <laughs> it's it's dead. So they should call it the penultimate universe. Because well, I mean, even then, it's not the penultimate universe. There've been there are still other universes in their multiverse that exist and continue to exist. So right. Every I, time they make a new movie. Yeah, but I mean, you you really can't call it the ultimate universe. No, I don't think you can anymore. I think it's silly. It's, it's, it's well, a misnomer at best. Except for Ultimate Spider-Man, because it is the best Marvel Spider-Man. And I'm, I'm going to say that, and I'm going to stick with that, and we'll talk about it. So Yeah, so that's that was my introduction. And 
my the way I got into the the Ultimate Universe was magazine sized compilations that I bought at the grocery store. So they had an Ultimate, I think it might have been Spider-Man Ultimate Magazine or it might have just been Ultimate Magazine. And then they did a second one that was X-Men. And each magazine had three issues. But they were that oversized thing. And and they also had articles. The final issue that they did, the cover was of uh, Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Photograph of uh, Lord, Lord of the Rings movie. It had an article about the Lord of the Rings in it. And that's what they were using to sell the magazine. Not Spider-Man. Nice. He, he was on the cover, like le- real tiny on the cover, kind of looking at the picture, like what's going on? And <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, so, Ultimate Spider-Man is, it was not only your introduction, it's the world's introduction to the Ultimate Universe because that was the flagship title, the very first title. And it, I don't know, I don't think it was Brian Michael Bendis's first Marvel title, but it's the one that made him famous. And that was, there was one that was called Marvel 2099, right? No. No. No, but I did get into that too when it first started and bought that <laughs> off that the grocery thing? store. Yes, that is a very different thing. And a very cool thing, by the way. Another, mm-hmm. it's not a alternate universe because it was supposed to be the future of the Marvel universe. Right. But yeah, Spider-Man 2099, that was Peter David. And there was some neat stuff in that. There's some really neat stuff in that. But that's not the Ultimate Universe. No. The Ultimate Universe was the Marvel's Marvel Comics attempt to uh, not reboot, but like it's a soft reboot of their, their whole universe so that new readers could come in with no need to be bogged down with the knowing all the continuity and what had gone on before. It's kind of a reimagining of the very first early stories of all the characters that uh you know we know and love so you know it's spider-man but he's back in high school um it's the x-men it's they're very you know they're just getting started out they're just not all the you know minutiae of everything that happened to them you know over the years and this is all coming out in like 2002 early 2000s um and uh and yeah so that was the impetus of the idea I think part of it also was to get the people who liked the movies into the comics because the Spider-Man movie and the X-Men movie, were, you could see their influence there on the character designs and, and things like that. Like, I think they were trying to pull in the crowd of people who, hey, you saw X-Men, you saw – when was Spider-Man? That was what, 2000, well, 2001? Spider-Man – no, that was 2002, and it so and this is coming out in 2002 as well. So, I think more so the X Men, less so Spider Man, because they're coming out at the exact same time. Um, but the X Men, yes, because they're all in black leather. Um, when in the Ultimate Comics when it first comes out, so it's, I think it's very uh, definitely influenced by that. because uh, here's here's one reality financial reality was the movies were making money but weren't moving more comics Mm. and so why was that well was spider-man relatable to your 13 year old who really enjoyed the movie no so they needed something to to launch with that they needed something to go with that i didn't realize how much that there wasn't much time in between them but i definitely feel like this is their a big part of it was we've got young people who are going to see this movie there's money in them their hills but people aren't 
aren't interested in our continuity. Well, I really don't know about the first Spider-Man movie, but definitely the second Spider-Man movie because the comic book series just automatically suddenly shifted to a Dr. Octopus storyline as soon as the second one came out. And in fact, it got even more meta than that because in the Ultimate Comics, when Spider-Man 2 was coming out, in the comics they were filming the very first Spider-Man movie directed by Sam Raimi and starring Tobey Maguire in the comic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I think maybe that was like Brian Michael Bendis were like, they're making me do this, you know, tie in thing. I'm going to, I'm just going to go, you know, all the way with it. Very funny. That is funny. Yeah. But what, what appealed to me and I don't know, I want to, for me, what appealed the appeal of the ultimate universe was that they were starting fresh, starting clean starting new and so even though i wasn't buying the issues from the comic shop i was buying a couple months later these these magazines and so i was kind of enjoying that um i did buy the fantastic four series the first arc from the comic shop because i was excited about that until i started reading it and then i also bought the some just random issues that like the i can't remember what they called it but i'm i'm was it Marvel team up that they had ultimate team up or something like yep, that? Yep. Uh, which was interesting because they had him team up with characters who then showed up in later issues like the Hulk. When he teamed up with the Hulk, that was not the Hulk that showed up in, in the ultimates. It was a right. different, different character altogether. And so they had to retcon that, but he did have an issue with the man thing. So that was kind of like, nice. Oh, Hey, I'm going to get that. Yeah. A lot so. of people have an issue with the man thing. Hmm. Yes, they do. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So what was uh, your draw? What, what brought you in? Uh, well, my dad is the one who introduced me to this because it was, you know, geared more for newer audiences, for a teenage audience. I was 12, 13 when he was were coming out. And this was my introduction to Marvel. Um these were my first ever Marvel comic books I ever read was ultimate Spider-Man. And so, uh, you know, I, I started collecting ultimate Spider-Man around issue 22, I think, or 20. And then I collected it all up until the very end. Um, and, uh, in single issues. And so, you know, I've, I've read the series ultimate Spider-Man multiple times all the way through. I do it like every couple of years. Cause it's just that good. It is so good. And you guys all know my favorite comic book superhero is Superman, but my, my favorite comic book series forever is ultimate Spider-Man. It's just so well-written and the, you know, the, the characters are just so, so real. And like I said, this is my, this is my favorite Spider-Man because I mean, compared to ultimate Peter Parker main line 616 Peter Parker is a whiny man baby um <laughs> he really is and so um yeah uh th this is my this is my favorite thing so I don't where do you guys want to go from here what do you want to talk about because there's so much to talk about with these there's we have the Spider-Man we have X-Men we have the Ultimates we have uh I mean those are pretty much the main things there's other things to talk about but they all aren't as good as those and then um you know, there's the differences between the the origins of the villains, the different storylines they do. Like that. I don't know, because we, we can't talk about minutia. 
I, you know, I, I yeah. have not. It's been a long time since I've read. I think this needs to be more of a flyover kind of a thing and, and not getting to too, too minute details. Although, as you're talking about things that, that you like and appreciate, I think you can get into some of the minutia just because that's probably what you like about some of these things is just yeah. the, the little details. So, yeah. Um, I don't know where to start. I, for me, the big thing is just what it represents and what it is, which is it represents for me that ultimate perfect jumping on point where it's all brand new. And so you sit down. Do you know who Peter Parker is? Probably. If you're sitting down and reading this, you probably know who Peter Parker is. You probably know the idea of Spider-Man. You might even know his origin story. So you might be getting a little bit of repetition there, but you are starting over with a clean slate new story. It's like sitting down with the movie. You know, you sit down and you're watching Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Is it the comic book Spider-Man? No, something new that draws on all of, pardon the expression, all of the threads, all of the good yeah. stuff from from the comic books, and then is able to expand on them with the benefit of hindsight, with the benefit of seeing, oh, people really appreciated Spider-Man when he's a high school student and they appreciate his, you know, this and this and this, and they don't have to like stumble through it to figure out what people liked, like Stan Lee was doing because he's making it up as he goes along and they're able to say, Oh, well this worked when Stan Lee did it. This did not work when Stan Lee did it. This, did, this worked when, um, you know, whoever Steve Englehart, whoever was writing, uh, this didn't work. So we can just ignore that. We'll use this and do the same thing like they did. I mean, they did it with the movies. They did it with uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, the cartoon. They did it with the ad- adjectiveless Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s. And and this is another one of those things. And I did enjoy what I read. I let it go because it was getting too big again. It was expanding into multiple titles, and I just wasn't able to follow them all. Plus, they canceled that magazine, so I didn't. Yes. Well, Ben, what, what you have said so far about what you've read is, uh, to me, you have not read the good stuff from the Marvel universe, except for ultimate Spider-Man, like the ultimate team up series. Not great. The first arc of fantastic four, really not great. Um, here's the thing about the ultimate team up series though, is it was fun because you got to see these little glimpses of the Marvel universe. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was one shots and your mileage may vary didn't matter. It was just one shot. So you weren't going to get a whole arc. Like it was fantastic Four. the first arc was six issues or eight, something like that. Six. Yeah. Um, you were in it for six issues of not good. If it's going to be not good, <laughs> but if, if Marvel team up wasn't great, well, the next issue is going to be something different. So at least there's that. <laughs> and well, if you want to experience, uh, ultimate fantastic Four, the first arc without reading it, you can just watch that horrible fantastic four movie um the most recent one that came out yeah because because it was fantastic four and they were never fantastic four like they never got to it like i just remember it being a a slog yeah well the um one of the changes they made with the fantastic four is that they're all teenagers um so reed sue and ben are all teenagers um you know, they're still super geniuses and super smart, but that's they're kind of ushered around by the United States military because they're a secret government think tank. Um, and now they've got powers. And so they're kind of supposed to be top secret. So, yeah, that that was an interesting way to do that. Um, 
but they, they got into some of the cool, you know, the really cool, um, you know, adventurous sci-fi concepts with the Fantastic Four. In fact, ultimate, which Fantastic- is what I was hoping for. That's what I was hoping they were going to get into. Yeah. Not in the first arc or the second arc, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, the, um, uh, the ult- the Marvel Zombies actually begins in Ultimate Fantastic Four. That's the origin point. The story arc w- with where they introduced that was so popular that they spun it off into its own. So that's series. what we have to blame for that. Yes, that is what we have to blame. The actual story arc where it opened though was pretty interesting because Reed is talking to another Reed from another universe, and this is the first time you ever see the multiverse in the ultimate universe. And it looks like he's talking to Reed Richards from 616. And so it's like, whoa, this is cool. They're crossing over. And then he crosses over to that Reed's universe. And it was a trick because it was 616 Reed, but now it's zombie 616 Reed. And he's been trying to open up a portal to another universe because they've run out of brains to eat <laughs> on their own universe. So they need to get out and, uh, and expand. So yes creepy ish yeah (laughs) i guess yeah um Uh, (laughs) although i do yeah we'll we'll talk about the end of the universe later but i i do remember wasn't there like they brought the ultimate reed richards wasn't he like a big bad guy yes yes he eventually turns into a villain which is really cool i think and then that's one of the cool things that you can do with the ultimate universe is because you're not beholden to like the classic legacy of these characters you can take a little bit of more bold risks bold choices with what you're going to do and so they they tried to end the ultimate universe once with a series called ultimatum which is one of the worst received comic book series of all time. And uh, it's because they were just like, we're just going to kill everybody and there's not going to be any reason for it. And it's going to be horrible and dumb. And um, so they tried to end it there, but everybody was so unhappy with that. They kept it going. But after that point, you got some really huge divergences from like the classic representations of the characters. So like in the X-Men, half the X-Men are dead. So now the new main character in the X-Men series is Kitty Pride, and it goes off in some crazy cool directions after that. Um in the Fantastic Four, uh like we said, Reed turns evil. Um and Ben, they they reveal that his uh you know, the thing's rocky exterior has actually just been a cocoon this whole time. You know? <laughs> And it comes off, and now he's like a super-powered cosmic guy. Um, yeah, so it's like, okay. You know, like, because it's not, uh, you know, the mainstream thing, they can just go nuts. And so that was that was a cool thing that I thought, because, like, the, the series like X-Men and the Fantastic Four, the ultimate stuff was getting kind of lame. And then when they decided to, like, you know what, forget it. We're just going to do whatever. Then it got really interesting and cool. So when did they bring in Miles Morales? Because this is where Miles Morales was introduced, right? Yes, yes. And that was when, again, when they decided to get interesting and cool, they were like, let's kill Spider-Man. And it was a really, really cool Death of Spider-Man story arc. It, to me, it's like the the emotional weight of like a Death of Superman sort of thing. It's not just like a flippant, you know, 
event. It was it had weight, it had gravitas, and uh, it was it was intense and epic. And so Peter Parker is killed uh, defending, you know, uh, people against the Sinister Six, uh, and ultimately against uh, Norman Osborn. And then everybody finds out who he is, you know, because he's dead. And so they they you know you've seen the the Into the Spider Verse movie. That's yeah, yeah. that's a it's a pretty good adaptation of what actually happens in the comic books. He dies. Everybody knows who he is. Miles is inspired by his legacy and he gets bitten by another spider from that lab. And, uh, he on purpose then, or no, no. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember where the spider comes from or how it, how it gets out. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's because it's because of his uncle who was, who was the prowler and he was, yeah. Yeah. He was working in that lab or whatever and brought a spider back. But yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the big influences. You you talk about the movie stuff and they're they're pulling from these things for the MCU. But Miles Morales as a character was original to this thing mm. and really caught on like he's a popular character. Oh, yeah. And and then we have that line in uh, No Way Home where uh, uh, Electra says someone Somewhere there's a there's a black Spider-Man, you know, and it's like, yeah, there is. Uh, there is. We might get him in the MCU some point. but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So uh, speaking about the influences for the MCU, the Ultimates series, which is the the ultimate comics version of the Avengers, was a huge influence on the Avengers that we got in the first phase of the MCU. Um, this is the origin of African American Nick Fury. Um, when they who was modeled after Sam Jackson, yes, and then and then they cast Sam Iron Jackson. Man, Iron Man actually gets him in as, yep. as uh, yeah. Well, it's funny. There's a line in the original Ultimates uh, first six issues where they're just hanging out and they're like, "Who who do you think they'd cast as you in the movie?" You know, and this is before the movies were even a thing. And Nick Fury's like, Mr. Samuel L. Jackson, of course. So it's like a, <laughs> it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, now, a lot of people did have issue with the Ultimates comics because, like I said, they're able to do, go in places that they're not uh, usually able to go to. So the Ultimates, again, the Avengers title, got really super political. Um, and this is right after 9-11. So they're just... Um, just a giant, you know, commentary on, you know, mo- modern day terrorism and the Bush administration and whatnot. Um, and they they took Captain America and they a lot of people didn't like what they did with him because they took him. And yeah, like, I, okay, I remember that. Yeah. How would a guy from the 1940s actually act? You know, what if he wasn't this picture perfect man? What if he actually had the prejudices of a 1940s person? You know, and they brought that into the Captain America character. Yeah, I didn't buy those, but I did read them uh, just to see what was going on with what people were talking about. Because, yeah, that that created quite a stir. Yeah, I didn't see the, a lot of problems with it because the only the only thing that he, uh, people were really upset about was when he made fun of France because France that was a big. I still remember that he was like, yeah, yeah, he said something like, "This isn't France" or something like that when they're like, the, "We should, we said, should run away." And, yeah, they asked him to surrender, like, surrender. Do you think this A on my forehead stands for France? That's what it was. Yeah, yeah and everybody got mad. And I was like, well, 
that's because that's, well, that's when we were changing <laughs> French fries to Freedom fries. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, that seems like a plausible thing a guy from the 1940s would say. And he's trying to in in the comics he was dating the Wasp, and the Wasp keeps tra- taking him to like the modern movies, and he doesn't like them because they're showing too much skin and stuff like that. And so they really just made him like an old man, which I thought you know that's how that's how he'd probably act. If he was a real person coming out of the 1940s, thrust into modern day society. Yeah. So. Instead of just making a list of all the movies and songs he needs to experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. So what are some other highlights for you? Well, I think uh, the, uh, the X-Men comics were good to a certain point. Um, they, they opened them up and they – these X-Men comics were a lot more violent, I thought, than the other ones, but they did it in a, in a, I want to say a good way. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, uh, it, it made the commentary on the prejudice, you know, inherent in the X-Men a lot more, uh, poignant and potent. Um, the first arc is with the Sentinels and they're just murdering innocent people in the streets and this is government-sanctioned stuff. And then the second arc is Weapon X, which was a very good arc. And it's, you know, it's going into, you know, Wolverine's past and things like that. Um, there was a very powerful... Uh, yeah, it's powerful, but it's also kind of a really disturbing issue of X-Men that kind of launched a bunch of different story arcs where this one kid wakes up one day with a mutant power that... He excretes uh, this pheromone from his body that will, that just kills everybody in his entire town, um, kills his family, kills everybody he knows and loves. And Professor X sends Wolverine to kill him um, because if anybody ever found out that that was a mutant that did that, they that would be the end for mutants and they would all get rounded up and exterminated because of something like that could happen. So it's like, wow, okay, that's real shady. Um, so yeah, it, they, they took a lot of shady directions with the X-Men, but it's also really interesting directions. And then of course, Spider-Man, um, with Mary Jane, he dates Mary Jane, he dates Gwen Stacy, he dates Kitty Pride, which was a fun little arc there. I like the Venom stuff that they do in the Ultimate version better than the 616 because, uh, they tie it in with his origin. Uh, his dad was working on the Venom symbiote not it's not an alien it's an artificial thing that's supposed to go on your body and cure cancer basically help the body fight you know cancer itself but then of course it turns it doesn't do that um (laughs) (laughs) so they they, they take a lot of really interesting directions with all the villains in spider-man i think it's really great um, we actually, you know what? I'm gonna save my commentary on the Spider-Man because we actually have an episode of Strangers and Aliens where I had a guest host, and we talked in depth about Ultimate Spider-Man, the entire series. It's episode 223. So if you want to go back, listeners, and listen to that, you can get more in-depth stuff about Spider-Man. But okay, so highlights, more highlights. The like I said, the um, after the Ultimatum thing they start going in crazy directions. So there's this arc that spans all of the titles at one point where there's a new civil war in America and America's broken up into like four sides. And so like the whole country is just in this giant epic war. It's kind of like when they did uh, Batman No Man's Land, 
you know, where they carved up Gotham into different sections. And, you know, Penguin controls this area and Riddler controls this area, but they did it with the whole United States. And, you know, you have all the different Marvel people fighting in different places. So I was like, wow, this is, this is wild and crazy. And it's a very different, uh, very different take on things. Uh, then after that, the United States government gives the mutants a reservation where they can make their own mutant nation. Um, hmm. so there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of story arcs there and Kitty Pride is kind of like the leader there. So that was really cool. It's a very interesting, uh, story. And then, uh, there's, there's a part after the ultimatum thing where, uh, because of varying circumstances and orphaning things happening, Peter, Gwen, Johnny Storm, and Iceman all live with Aunt May under the same roof, and shenanigans ensue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's Ultimate Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yes, it is. It is. And then, of course, you know, Kitty's not living there, but she's, you know, she used to date him. So she and she used to work with Bobby. So she's kind of jealous about that. And yeah, it's it's great. And they do they do an arc where it's Spider-Man and his amazing friends, where it's him and Bobby and Firestar. Um, and it's very funny. Very, very funny. Um, but yeah, those those are the kind of crazy, cool, fun things that that I thought were were neat and uh then of course there's that uh Ben Grimm being a cocoon thing that was fun and and then ultimately if you want we can talk about the end of the ultimate universe now I think we, I think we should yeah cuz this is the other interesting thing to me and one of the reasons I haven't gotten into it even though as interested as I might be is just that it's so big and giant for to read through the entire thing um but there is one other comic book universe that I've talked about in the past before that I'm a big fan of that uh, they started out strong. Marvel bought them and then ultimately decided to stop publishing the titles, but gave them an opportunity to actually close the universe and, and do a final story, you know, which was really neat to be able to have. And it was neat for me because I'd followed that universe from the beginning. And then I'm like, oh, hey, this is actually. This, there's a little bit of a payoff here. And so I actually had read through an entire comic book universe and that was really neat. Mm. And I considered it for ultimate comics, although at the time it was, I would have had to collect them or borrow them. Um, I could do it now. I have the Marvel unlimited uh, subscription, which is the digital thing. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's all there. If it's not, yeah. I, I'd be very, very surprised. It is. But, but again, that's just a, huge huge uh commitment of time to to read through all of the ultimate stuff so we'll definitely do ultimate we'll spider-man see. definitely do ultimate spider-man it's uh, worth it so good. we'll see but this universe actually had this beginning not too long ago and now has an ending and sort of an ending because some of the characters at least one of the characters that i know of hopped over universes right at least two Half, yes. Miles Morales Mm -hmm. in the 616 mainline comic book continuity is the Miles Morales from the Ultimate Universe. Yes. I understand it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So his story continues. Well, they pulled a a DC um, where they, you know, after the Secret Wars, which is the event that ended the Ultimate Universe, 
Uh, oh, that was the event? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what ended it? Mm-hmm. I did not realize that. Okay. Yes, that's what ended it. I thought it ended, and then they were like, well, we're going to do this big event. Let's go ahead and, and bring some of those characters over. And No, so the... Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, technically, there's a there was a big event immediately before Secret Wars, and then like an escape ship from the Ultimate Universe makes it to the Secret Wars planet. Um, okay. And so... And that's where I knew of Reed Richards as a bad guy. Right. Was, yes. I, I read a lot of that event. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All so right. the, like the, it ended like the month before the secret wars and then picked up, you know, with those characters right after that. Um, the, the last vestiges of the ultimate universe. Um, and then they kind of got rewritten into the six one six after the, the secret war. So yeah, at least, uh, at least, Miles and the evil Reed Richards have survived. Oh, okay. I, and I said, I, I read secret Wars stuff. That was because I picked and chose what I wanted to read. Cause they had like little mini series and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I read like the weird world mini series that they did was really neat and bizarre and, and fun. But um, yeah, I didn't read enough to know what was going on in the actual event. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I haven't read the whole thing either. I want to. Uh, I just haven't gotten around to go back to it yet. But yes. So at the so I did miss a couple of highlights of the Ultimate Universe. Uh, one would be the second arc of the Ultimates, which just got insane and it's nuts and it's crazy and you should read it. It's really good. And then the uh, yes, the Galactus Ultimate Galactus trilogy is very good. It's a very interesting take on Galactus. And actually they pulled lines directly from that comic book, like word for word and put it in the, uh, fantastic four rise of the silver surfer movie. Um, and (laughs) they did like, it's literally, they took that, they copy and pasted it. It's very funny. And then I bring up the Galactus thing because one of the best things that happened at the end of the ultimate universe is, 616 Galactus finds his way to the ultimate universe. And uh, then, you know, these ultimate characters who are a little bit more grounded in reality uh, in a little bit less, you know, crazy zany cosmic comics, they have to fight this, you know, the ultimate crazy zany cosmic bad guy. Um, So it was very interesting there. And then at the end, they figure out, okay with all the stuff that's happening with the secret wars gearing up to happen, there's only two universes left. It's regular Marvel and ultimate Marvel. And they can only occupy only one universe can occupy the universal space. And so they have to go to war to, and basically annihilate the other universe for the survival of their own universe. And so that's the event that ended the ultimate universe right before secret wars. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there, there's lots of really cool, interesting stories with these characters that you kind of know, and um, they just take them in wild, really interesting directions. And the writing is really great, and um, the the world building, especially at the beginning, it really, really feels like this, this is what would happen if superheroes were in the real world, more than anything else I've read where they try to do that concept. I think this, especially Ultimate Spider-Man and the Ultimates series, really pulls it off. Uh, and you read it and you're like, okay, yeah, this is exactly you know 
how this would go down, how the governments of the world would respond, how these people would look and act. Um, and I think it's worth reading just for that. It's very, very good. Well, and this, it goes back to what I've talked about before, where I love reading what ifs mm. and else worlds, because it's the characters you kind of know already, but you're not having to deal with all of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of issues of, of continuity. It became that yeah. where there, there was hundreds of issues of continuity, but um, being able to just look at the core of the character and especially with Spider-Man when it started, I enjoyed reading it because it was like, even though I wasn't a high school kid when I was reading it, I was um, at the early stages of, of my family when, when it was coming out and had young, young, young children. Um, so I wasn't anywhere close to being, you know, freshman or sophomore in high school, but to read this character and, and kind of go back to high school with him and revisit some of these classic ideas of the character of here's a, a teenager who's dealing with the great power, great responsibility thing already, you know, and, and putting on the costume and, and doing all that. And something I appreciate about what ifs and else worlds and, and well, <laughs> in some ways the multiverse where you get to see just one little change, one little change. Have you, have you ever thought about like what would be the, the, the multiverse version of you, like to meet yourself who has, has just a slightly different life, you know? And, and it, yeah, it, just the idea of what's, what's the ultimate version of, of Steve and Evan, you know, like what would, what would ultimate Steve be? Well, obviously uh, the Steve we have now is the Steve from the evil mirror universe. Cause he's got to go T. So I think, the alternate universe Steve would be, you know, like a really. That's the good one. Yeah. The, That's the, yeah. Good Steve. <laughs> the benevolent Steve, the benevolent Steve from the other. Universe. Yeah. So, the, as the... opposed to what you get now. So, so we are living in the mirror universe. This is the uh, evil universe that mm -hmm. we are in. Uh, although maybe, maybe it's just Steve is good in all the other universes. And so the other universes are the evil universes and this is the good universe. We just got evil Steve. In this that one. could be that could be if, if if you've ever seen me without a goatee you'd be like no put the goatee back on i'll take the <laughs> evil steve with the goatee over the good steve with the without the goatee when my dad when, my, when we were little kids my dad had a full beard and um my, my sister was three years old and he shaved it and she she saw him and she started laughing and then she said, "Okay, Dad, we see you without your beard on. You can put it back on now." And he said, "Well, no, I can't. It's gone." And she burst into tears, yeah. just kid weeping, you yeah. know, because it was just like that's not Daddy anymore. Yeah. Well, when I when we went to Hawaii this Christmas, I shaved my head, and Yumi has seen me with real short hair before. But I shaved my head when she wasn't there. So then I came and she's five. So then I came to the beach and she was there and she came up to talk to me and she's like, um, I know that you cut your hair. And so I know that you're really my daddy. You just don't. I'm just not sure if you really are. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, Steve, I, th I thought of a fun experiment to do. 
Um, and we could do like <laughs> be good. we could do two or three of these, and if it doesn't work out, we'll we'll, we'll drop it. But right. I I thought okay, <laughs> li- list your favorite like Marvel characters or story arcs, and I'll see if they have the ultimate equivalent and find out how they changed it. Uh, Thor Ragnarok by Walt Simonson. Okay, I Thor never gets his own series. And so they don't really dive into a lot of the Thor stuff, but in the Ultimates comics, he's there a lot. And when he first shows up, nobody believes he's really Thor. They think he's a he's a mentally unstable person with metahuman powers. Um, but they're like, but did he's... they ever reveal that he actually was Thor though? Yes, in in okay. the in the second uh, Ultimates run, and actually that's a main plot point in the second Ultimates run because. Uh, you know, he keeps saying all these things and none of it is looking like it's true at all. And, um, you know, they're, they're like, okay, this guy is so powerful. We're going to use him anyway, even though he's a little mentally unstable. But then at the end, it's revealed like, nah, nah, it's all true. So it was, it's a, it's a cool, cool little reveal there. So no, they don't do, they don't do Ragnarok, but they, they do, they do a lot of fun stuff with the character. Okay. How about, um, uh, like John Byrne's run on Fantastic Four. Yeah, nothing even close, man. <laughs> <laughs> they must have done like a, a Dark Phoenix. Did, I mean, they they go to the. I think they go to the microverse and they go to. They definitely go to the negative zone, but it's it's nothing like that classic. Do they ever switch up the roster, or is it always the the Prime Four? It's always the Prime Four. Um, until Reed Richards turns evil. And then it, and then yeah, like I said, it goes crazy. Ben Grimm comes out of his cocoon. He starts dating Susan. Um, Johnny leaves and starts living with Peter Parker. So yeah, what what did you say, Steve? What was your last one? That you said the like the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah, they must have done something like that. Yep, super lame. Not not good in the <laughs> the Ultimate Universe. You're not selling this to me. No, man. no, no, no. The uh, <laughs> the the Dark Phoenix stuff is not great in the. Uh, Except there, and this might be reminiscent of the the mainstream Marvel. But one thing that sticks out to me about the Jean Grey of the Ultimate Universe is that everyone has a crush on her. Everyone, including Not Professor just... Xavier. Well, that was, I mean, back That's, in the yeah. in the early days of X Men. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. That's one of the unfortunate elements of the early days of X Men. <laughs> yeah. Well, they bring it's it back. Really unfortunate. They bring it back, old man. <laughs> No, that's that's like even in like first and second issues, I think he's like saying, I have all this power and I can't let her know how I really feel or something like that. Well, he's really, really cringy. He's in his early 30s in this. So I think it's less creepy, Um, but still kind of creepy. Still in the creepy spectrum. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How about uh, Gwen Stacy? Is she a part of this? Yes. And it's very different. Uh, than normal Gwen Stacy. Um, she is like a punk rocker sort of girl, sort of rebellious girl. Her dad's still Captain Stacy. He still gets killed. And then she ends up moving in with Peter and May because her mom is not present and May takes her in. And so that causes obviously some friction with Peter and Mary Jane because she's got Gwen Stacy living at his house. And then Gwen is killed 
not by Green Goblin, but this time she's killed by Carnage. Um, and Carnage is this, they really make him, uh, real, real creepy. Uh, he's not tied in any way to Cletus Cassidy or a serial killer or anything, but he's, he's like this mutated version of the Venom symbiote mixed with Peter's DNA. And so it's, it's like this inhuman, like horrific monster thing. Kind of like, uh, Ben, I listened to your review of like the the evil color purple from outer space or whatever with Nicholas Cage. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like that where it's like this inhuman force. It's like unnaturally grotesque, it, but it's, it's got Peter's DNA. So it's like drawn to places he's been and he finds Gwen and like sucks the life force out of her to become more substantial. And so that she's, she's killed. But then later the carnage symbiote kind of, takes on Gwen's consciousness and is able to morph into Gwen and Carnage and it kind of Gwen kind of becomes Carnage. So yeah. Mm. Very different uh <laughs> very different takes. Different stakes for sure. Yes. Um yes. <laughs> Yeah, I So I'd seen things with uh cuz there's the whole Spider Gwen thing, but then I'd seen somewhere like some punk Gwen yep stuff and I didn't realize where that had even come from. I just thought it was kind of weird. And then, okay, so that this at least is the uh, genesis, yeah, the well, genesis, if you would. And they give it good. They give it some good explanations. Like her dad's the chief of police, but her mom left them, so she's kind of, you know, classically rebellious or whatever. But then, you know, she she warms up and she becomes more like classic Gwen as time goes on. And she softens up and she gets people in her life that really love and care about her, like May and Peter and whatnot. Um, so, yeah. What about Alpha Flight? What is Alpha Flight like in the Ultimate Universe? Is that, that's the, that's the Canadian, Canadian thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're in there, but I can't remember. They're only in like one story arc. That's one interesting thing because the ultimate universe is so short-lived and it's it came out in the era of the writing for the trade you have the appearances of all these classic villains or hero teams but they're usually only in it for like six issues and then they're done and only select ones come back if they're popular or if the you know they have good stories for them um so i I can't remember what alpha flight's like but i know i think they're in there what about the soviet super soldiers Anybody? Anybody? No? Okay, no. never mind. Yeah. There's like that Rocket yeah, Red guy or whatever. The <laughs> Rocket Red was in there, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in um, there. It was the uh, the Hammer and Sickle boy and girl. I think they were twin mutants or something like that. Um, uh, nope, don't Crimson remember. Dynamo, I think, was in there. They, it was, they, they could have done a lot more with it, but the Soviet Union collapsed. So. Yeah. I'll take that over, you know, a, a Soviet super soldiers series. All right. So I don't know. Like I was trying to think through like a spiritual tie in to all this stuff. And all I could think of is, well, we've already done the Bible. What if stuff and, and talking about like, like the slight variations on, on that or the huge variations on, on Bible stories that could come out of that. But I, again, I keep thinking about like this, this, what if alternate universe kind of things where it's like, what if you had the opportunity to see, 
Like, what would it look like if I had made that decision instead of that one? Or if I had gone in this direction instead of that one? Or uh, one of the things they talk about is like, you can't choose certain things in your life. You can't choose the time period you were born in. Mm. But but to me, the ultimate universe is what if the Marvel Universe started in the year 2000? Mm. You know, like, because it has all all the the technology and everything. I mean, it's it's Spider-Man in the year 2000 instead of Spider-Man getting bit by a spider in 1968 or nine or whatever it was. I don't remember. But um, like, what if you were born 10 years earlier or 10 years later or, you know, what would be different about your life? And that is one of those things though. You, you can't change that. That's something that God's put into your life. It's a part of who you are and you, you, you are have no... the ultimate version of yourself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, deep. Yeah. For good or for ill. Yeah. 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 I mean, the ultimate version of Reed Richards, I guess, is evil. <laughs> but but the ultimate version of Peter Parker dies a noble death and inspires people around him. Yes. And that's actually one of the things that I take out from the ultimate universe is the life is finite. You only get one time around, one chance. And because unlike in... um you know, 616 Marvel, there are very few resurrections that happen in the ultimate universe. So when a character is dead, it's they're dead and they stay dead. And then it's, it's up to others to fill the void that they've left behind. Um, and so that's, that's something that's really uh, impactful about the ultimate universe is when you're reading through it, you know, like when you get to ultimatum and everybody's dying, you're like, Oh man, Oh man. Like, is this, what's going to happen now? How are they going to come back? And they never come back. And you have to, the, the world just has to deal with the fallout. Yeah. That's one thing that's always irritated me about superheroes is they always all come back. Mm-hmm. And I, I've wanted to do a story and I could, it doesn't have to be in the Marvel universe, but I, what inspired me was like, I was thinking about like what kind of Marvel universe stories I would tell. And one of them was just like a regular person confronting the X-Men and being like, you know, you don't understand when we die, we die. Mm. You you guys all come back. Like I've seen you die three times, you know, and <laughs> and just like how how completely removed the superhero community becomes from just regular people because of the simple fact that Superman has died and and was brought back and and multiple times, you know, obviously it was an event once, but it's happened before in issues, you know, where and yeah, but th- yeah, we get one, one chance. You are the ultimate version of yourself in the sense that you're the one. Yeah. There's no other you're versions the, the of you. you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. doesn't mean you're the best version of yourself, but it does mean you should strive to be the best version of yourself. And there's only one way mm. to be the best version of yourself. And that is to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your own understanding, follow Christ to listen to the Holy Spirit and have Him transform you, yeah, into your repent and believe to a new person. Uh, yeah, ulti- you're the ultimate version of yourself in the sense that we're talking about ultimate, as in the last. You're the last version of yourself. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to the penultimate, which is the next to last. So, mm. actually, if you're not following Jesus right now, maybe you are the penultimate version of yourself. Ooh, ooh, and when you do. Decide to lean in, trust God, follow him, confess your sins. You become the ultimate 
version of yourself. Because heaven would be the ultimate universe, right? Mm. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and it's like the Holy Spirit will come onto you like a symbiote and transform. No, it that is that's what happens. Because right now, um, hey, He's, it's not a symbiotic relationship because the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit doesn't need you. anything from us. He doesn't get anything from us. But it's it's a new thing that comes into you and enters you and changes you into a more like a mutant. You become like a mutant. It's like the Holy Spirit bites you with its radioactivity. <laughs> and <laughs> mutants are born that way, Steve. Um. All right, so it, wait, wait, Evan, wait, wait. I just, Evan, I have to give it to you. I have to give it to you because I am the creator of the weak connection. So, like, <laughs> and that is that is the penultimate weak connection, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought of one other thing that was really cool in the Ultimate Universe that I forgot about. Uh, years after it started, they released this uh, series called Ultimate Origins, where it takes the things that you took for granted about the ultimate universe and kind of flips it on its head. Like Captain America was the first super soldier wrong. He wasn't Nick Fury was surprise. Um, and (laughs) (laughs) but one of the, one of the cool things about that was they reveal that mutants are not the next stage in human evolution. It is a man-made virus that got out and out of control that made the mutants happen. And so then that has ramifications because later it comes out that that's the fact. And people are like, oh, well, now mutants just have no reason to exist. Like, we don't have to show them any sympathy. (laughs) They're not the next stage of evolution. And the mutants kind of get dis, you know, disillusioned. They're like, what? We have no purpose now. Like, we thought we were one thing, but now we're just freaks. So, yeah, it's really, that's a really interesting turn of events that happens. That is, that is, that's a fascinating idea to play with. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, what's your final words as we close down another episode? I, I thought my other words were final. I'm sorry. I, okay. Um, well, yeah, stick with it. Ultimate. <laughs> your your final words are that your other words were the final word. That's your final yes. Word. All right. Yes. It works. My final words will be the very first words from the ultimate universe. For in my hands, I have the graphic novel, the first graphic novel of Ultimate Spider-Man. I'm turning now to the first page. There's a caption, which I'm not going to count because it's not a spoken word. So I'm going to use the first spoken word. Wait, wait, wait. What is the caption, though? OZ Experiment 56, Subject Arachnid Number Zero. Well said. I think that's going to sum it up for tonight. <laughs> and Well... All right. Well, go ahead and do the first words. The first, the first words. It's they're much more profound than what I have just read. The first words are, "You a fan of Greek mythology, Justin?" There it is. All right. (laughs) And on that note, there you go. On that note, I do want to say to everyone who's listening right now, thank you so much for listening. Did you enjoy the Ultimate Universe? Did you decide you had no interest in the Ultimate Universe? Let us know. Email us at studioavery at gmail.com. We still haven't got up our regular email address yet. Uh, You can also leave a note on our website or leave a note on our Facebook page where we have dropped the link for this episode. 
But like I said, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Steve and Evan, thank you so much for hanging with me this brisk, cool winter morning. And until next time, everyone, no matter what universe you are in, if it's your ultimate universe or your penultimate universe, I want to wish you Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. I'll take the evil Steve with the goatee over the good Steve with the without the goatee.